Check out White Wolf RPG's gameplay and media on Facebook for a ton of community-created content, artwork, podcasts, and videos. Think of this page as like your Netflix for White Wolf community content. That's White Wolf RPG's gameplay and media on Facebook. Procure your necessary muffin repository by visiting us at utilitymuffinlabs.com, on Facebook at Utility Muffin Labs, on Twitter at 25 Years of VTM or Utility Muffins, all one word, on Instagram at Utility Muffin Labs, one word. Support the labs on Patreon at patreon.com slash 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. And finally, adorn your human form with our t-shirts at tpublic.com slash users slash Utility Muffin Labs. Utility Muffin Labs, think homogenous. This is 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, a retrospective podcast brought to you by UtilityMuffinLabs.com. Welcome to another episode of 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. I'm Nate. And I'm Bob. Sometimes known as Nathan and Robert. Doesn't really matter. Interchangeable. Our names are what they are. And today... We're doing a review on Clan Book Bruja, the revised edition Clan Book Bruja, Bruja Clan Book. Oh my God. The book just flew at me. So Bruja Clan Book is, I think, probably one of my personal favorite clan books, but for a very different reason than a lot of the other ones are. I feel like a lot of the other revised edition clan books, they reveal a lot, right? They they tell you a lot about the background, the history, they give you the intricate details of those clans. Clan Book Bruja doesn't really mess with all that because there's not really a lot of intricacy to the clan. There, There is some. There's some key features, some fundamental concepts within Clan Bruja. But the main feature is, and, and I think this was the same in the earlier clan book, the Bruja are essentially agents of revolution, right? Would you Would you agree? Uh, to some degree, I mean, I think, I think at its whole, I, I think Clan Bruja is much more than the political anarchic, uh, anarchic. And is it term? I think I think we'll we'll go with that. The anarch-esque feel, anarchy, anarchistic, yeah. anarchi- anarchic. I, I don't think, want it to I be think, anachronistic. I think, word, I think the word is anarchic, actually, anarchic. which go sounds that. wrong. So basically, to say it is, the people gravitate to Clan Bruja because anything fits because they said so. Right. That's how it works. It's whatever it is. That's what it is. And it's not. That's that's the illusion, right? And this book is quick to point that out. It says that there are, if you fell if you fell for what was on the surface, that's because you're not us. Is the feel <laughs> that it gives, and it's like okay, or not in the know, or somehow it's like being edgy. If you're cool, you're bruja. If you're not, you're not. And if you make fun of us, we all come kill you. And it, and it kind of makes that. This is the quintessential book that I feel everybody's played a bruja. Yeah, everybody has. If you were outcast, if you felt like you didn't belong, if you weren't certain how to get it or whatever, style meets attitude meets culture shock was was Clan Bruja's. It thing. is it is literally about the the seeds of change, right? They they state very plainly at the beginning of the book that the Bruja are whatever the Zeitgeist needs them to be at the time. That's what they are. Right. They are they're the Arab Spring, they're uh they're the civil rights movement. They're all of those things, but they're not any of those things. 
they are, whatever the world is at the time. So in a nutshell, Clambura seems to be just a force of change, but nobody can ever explain why. Nobody ever attempts to explain why. And why I like this book is because it outlines that very fact, and then it tries to tell you why. It gets into where it comes from, and then it doesn't. Right. And that sounds confusing. Like I'm talking on both sides of my face. That's because this book is written to not piss anyone off. That I'm dead serious. That's literally what is a clan known to lose its temper, <laughs> to lose its control and spawn out of whatever vendettas happen. They clearly had a bruja sit down and write this. Here's right. a book where I'm not pissing off anyone. I'm telling you what I've heard and what goes on. And then I tell you the exact opposite. You're free to make your judgments. Everybody's included. Nobody's, nobody's well, outcast. Well, and, and the one thing, the one thing that you'll notice is this is a book that is more about personalities and what those personalities have done and less about what the clan has done. Right. And it's the only book that I've seen so far, especially in revive, like we're talking clan books here yep. where typically your clan book is going to have all of your luminaries at the back end. Right. Well here, when they talk about the history of the clan, they're going through, it's very standard, very, you know, here's the beginning. Here's what we assume. Maybe, I don't know. Could be here's the middle. Well, here's all these personalities. Here's Robin of Leland. Here's the here's this person. Here's this individual. Here's this Bruja. This is a clan of personalities. And that's really, I think, even more than like the Torador or the Ventru. Like the Bruja really has a difficulty maintaining or, or establishing any kind of structure, period, because it is a clan of personalities, of strong personalities, of intense passion. And it's easier for the author to go... I'm going to piss all these people off if I talk about what the clan has done, because immediately one Bruja is going to be like, no, nah, we didn't do that. And another one's going to be like, you don't know shit. And suddenly you're going to have an argument, right? What but I, if, but what if I, I, if I tell you instead, here's what Tyler did. Right. Something that could, we can't argue it because it was written. Down. Right, right. Exactly. There are roots in this, right? Mm -hmm. And I would love to talk about undoubtedly where this think tank for this clan came from. I refer to it a lot mm -hmm. because it's all over the place. When you talk about history, which vampires are immortal, their roots mean anything, just like mankind. Right. Where their culture came from is where it is. And it's undoubtedly Clambrua has some strong Greek classical influences because in your, it just read, look up the term polis. I've used it repeatedly. Mm -hmm. I love it ever since I just really got it made, it, made it my own. It explains everything where everybody gets a say, right? Just imagine that. We all own land somewhere. You and me, we own this land and we represent, we don't even represent anybody. You have your acre, I have mine, there's another 200 people that have the same acre. And we agree that one day a month, we get together to discuss the rainfall and what crops value is. Right. How do you think that conversation is going to go? Well, you know, it can go one of two ways, right? It can go, yeah, we totally agree, or one person out of the two is going to disagree. Eventually... Right, but I'm talking about like hundreds, right? Mm -hmm. That's what we're talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. They all right. get to the same discussion. We don't decide anything right. other than what we want. Right. And Everyone's either, voice is equal. Exactly. Which means no one's voice is heard. And you got it. And somehow we evolve from this point, right? And that, right. And that's, and that too is Clan Bruja, but that essence of chaos is what Clan Bruja is. Because undoubtedly in that same discussion as it is for Clan Bruja, as we experienced in LARP, as it is in any tabletop, as they write in the books, eventually... The cream rises to the top. Right. Eventually, the strongest personality courts the most favor, 
the majority goes with it because that's what it is and people fall in line. Yeah, of course. But they always say everyone has a say. Now, here's a, the other thing that uh, that I noticed about this book too, and, and I'm just kind of looking at it from an overview. Like I noticed the the lot of individual names being mentioned, but also another thing that I noticed about this book that is uh, it, it seems more prevalent here is this in the time of World of Darkness when this book comes out, it's a time of immense change, right? And at the forefront of a great deal of change and, and, and sort of things being in flux and like the anarch free states falling, this book has a lot of material about the meta plot of the game right in it. Like this is what's currently going on. And I think again, that is to establish that this clan always seems to be influencing or a part of grand change of revolution of of things changing for better or worse and and that's the thing i i think that they're really establishing and this is like history chapter right this is the first chapter and and what they're establishing is and they overtly state it you know the bruja may not be the element of change but they are they are paramount in the influence of change why is that well because I'll tell you my opinion on the matter, and this is my opinion, and everyone listening to Vampire or listening to this podcast playing Vampire can take it for what it is. Vampires don't control shit. Well, it's interesting because the the fact is that they have a history of where their progenitor mm-hmm. was a a being of immense emotion. Right, right. We might say that the progenitor, third gen Bruja, was bipolar. <laughs> we can easily say that right, right? And, I, and, and, yeah, here, and here the, it is when you read the clan mm-hmm. book what they tell of him right. is the infamous story of him the, the with the wine exactly yeah, right where he just deliberately makes it to where he's going to get pissed off to give him a reason to kill the winemaker <laughs> right. right because he's having a bad day and that's or not or he ain't you're, even having a bad day you're a blood god and and just to be just sinister he you basically did this. he just basically woke up and was like i'm hungry let's fuck somebody's life up today and he paid double the cost right for what happened which by the way where that comes from is the code of hammurabi mm-hmm. you know no matter what i do to you as long as i have the money to pay for it there's a consequence in other words like our culture human humankind just learned i just can't kill you and take your soup Right. <laughs> uh, no, you did that. That's someone's husband. That family can't get along. Yeah. You're not responsible for it. See that steely in the square? Yeah, somewhere down there on line, scratchy marky number 412, it says you now owe me double what the wine was, Bruja. And he's like, well, we agreed upon it. Here it is. Right. And he leaves. Those are the laws we agreed upon. He still killed the dude. Right. Right. Absolutely. Right? And it gives a picture of what the second city was, right? What it was for them. And they're like, or... Is he the Bruja that stepped in in the tale of the three coins right. and paid for like some, basically some, some peasant can't pay for the justice he's due. Some rich guy or whoever came in and destroyed his pottery and you had to be able to afford the magistrate or whatever to be able to do it. It alludes to that. And Bruja comes along and pays for justice, virtue and loyalty or whatever it was. Right. And he, he pays for it and they're like, Hmm. Okay. That's bipolar as fuck. Right. And, and, and in all fairness, you're explaining it way more intricately than the book does. You know, the book, the book is very conversational and it's very typical of the writer's style in, in white wolf, very conversational, right? It's, Hey, 
maybe this happened. He tells the story, just like you said. But then he's like, maybe that didn't even happen. Right. And because, I mean, he gets done, there's a total of three tales, right? Right, right exactly. And it builds. Because the way the book writes it, here's these three stories of where he's a son of a bitch. Then he's the king of virtue. You got it. And yeah. then he's just the voice of passion. Right. He was, he was uh, just compassionate. Right. He stops a regent from destabilizing and helps them out out of the kindness of his own heart. But then that dude's quick to go. Or is it like some say that Bruja was actually level headed? Right. He, Cal- the, the essence of calmness. He went to some wine cellar or he doesn't even acknowledge the wine cellar. He just said right. the three coins thing he did because that's what the rich did back in the day. It was a responsibility to pay for your, your, your laborers. If they needed justice, you helped them out. If they couldn't afford it. You worked it out in the back end. And that's just what you did. And then he destabilized a destabilized region. He put a king in the throne so it didn't break out in an anarchy. Why? He wanted his blood to stay where it is. Right. He didn't want to lose all that. So he's protecting sources. And then it rolls into, but all those stories, fine and great, nothing more famous than Clan Bruja's ancient tales as it is of Troil. Right. And what goes on with Troil. And why? Because that's the majority of what the clan allegedly is. That they're descendants from Troil is what everyone tells you, or not depending on what you want yeah, to believe. Absolutely. Or don't. And Troil is supposed to be this rebellious youth, right? And what he's quick to point out in the beginning, and I enjoyed this, he says, well, talking to Menelaus, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> Whose sire is Troil. Right, right. Menelaus calls him a he. Yep. And then he goes, but then there's some other ancients allegedly I've talked to, Diddy, <laughs> that say that it's a she. Right, right. Let me tell you where this comes from, and I applaud the author of the book, right? And it's because that person undoubtedly listened to the fan arguments, predict, and tell you what is the common tropes or stories of why Bruja are the way they are. I got to state this, because back in LARP, I heard those exact stories before they were ever in print. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In, in common LARPs, the trail is a chick, and she cut off Ventru's head as he left the city. Why? It's cause, just because what he did. I thought you said he was a she. Well, no one really knows. Right. Like, it goes so far as to say, some even believe Troil can change its gender at will. Right. right. Because it's very much like, to me, this is in the same style as someone going from LARP to LARP, listening to what people say and going, I'm going to put all this here, but it doesn't fucking matter. Exactly. Right? The story the story is the story. and And to me, it's the same as a bruja traveling from domain to domain and listening to the tales that other bruja are telling because they're all told the same way. And no offense to anybody who still LARPs. We love you. That's where we come from for the most part. Yep. But they're told like war tales from old games, right? And I talked to Menelaus. I know he said specifically his sire was a woman. And the author went, uh, okay, well, maybe. <laughs> There's a collective degree of storytelling that we do as players as a community right and i love that it does it because it's an homage to that fact right in the style that he tells it where you don't get it structured from other clans you're right Nas right. to clan books like you're in a warren's told from the perspective of nas all over the place but they all get together the deal's the same it's word of mouth saying what something could or could not be this guy is no different in that regard what's cool about it when you sit back and think about it if you talk to the guy that was sired by Troil, <laughs> that's the fucking source. Right, that is the that's source. If you talk to Menelaus, right, and if Menelaus feels like telling you a truth, exactly, because because so, Menelaus has what ten thousand years worth of I don't I plans within plans. 
and, and reasons and motivations. Well, you read you they have the character in print and it's definitely not that character, right. but that's why I say that's if the guy, the author is mm-hmm. being truthful. Yeah, right. You know, cuz I hey guys, I'm going to tell you right now. I talked to Kim Jong-il. <laughs> Media's got him all wrong. He has a red button on his counter right now. Right. You know what it's for? When he wants tea. Pushes a button, gets it all right, done. Right. You know what I mean? Like, Bob, you are so full of shit. And that's exactly how this guy is to me. It's like, not that he may be dis, not that he's trying to get one over on you, but it's like he's trying to hammer home because he says it at the beginning in the way it's wrote. It leaves you to believe he's like, hey, off the bat, here's my sources. Talk to right. this dude, but talk to a bunch of other dudes. Right. You make up your story. The history of our clan isn't really that important because it's destined to constantly change because we are entities that ride revolution. We are, and and the Bruja clan is, I think, in a lot of ways, the most representative of what society is right now, right? They, they are whatever is happening today. So the the baggage of yesteryear it's very rare i've always looked at the bruja clan like this you are you are embraced and whatever was going on when you were embraced is what's really important to you forever that's just how i've always viewed them right to me it's like when you listen to music right when you're growing up whatever music was the most popular and spoke to you in your formative years, your 16 to 25, that's probably the same music you're going to listen to for the rest of your life. Right. Mm-hmm. And it'll change and it'll grow to adapt, but you're always going to go back and you're going to go, you know, you were born in the sixties and you're going to go, they don't, there's no band like the doors anymore. Right. That that's, that's the human condition to I, me. I, what I feel is I'm talking to an iconoclast. This is what I'm talking right. to. You, you very well. You're, could you're, be. you're, you're I, I know I am. You're an iconoclast <laughs> pro and <laughs> fan because when you get to the idealist, right. 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 The elders in the clan, it's not the viewpoint to them. They are part of the times and mm-hmm. that's why they keep the young. There's a very right. mentored in system that the moment I transfer from being an iconoclast and I feel my oats a bit and I, I start believing in ideals. Mm-hmm. I start believing in a better way. And now I'm trying to take my immortality and make something of it, trying to birth something. It doesn't mean I don't have the ideals you were talking about. What it means is I'm not jumping in the streets to foster change the way the mortals did because that didn't work. Right. Right. What I'm saying, I'm basically saying the same thing. I'm saying that the time and the ideals of your generation, whether it's the generation you were embraced, the generation that had the most impact on your existence as a bruja are going to tend to be your ideals. There are those that change constantly, right? right? And they have to. But this leads us into that iconoclast versus idealist, that that mentality, of course. And then, and then what sinks that whole ship is when you realize they're all affected by the same thing. Mm-hmm. We rarely talk about this in these book reviews. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I wish we did it more. And so here's an attempt. Mm-hmm. Take away everything, the culture, the idea, mm-hmm. and just look at the vampire with the flaw. Right. That's in the blood. That extreme self-control. You are not a vampire walking off prone to get pissed off every three seconds. Mm-hmm. It's not what you are. That can what be what happens because you get angered by every little shit. I don't know that who you are does affect that, but it's an aspect of your emotions are extreme. Right. They're unbridled. Right. You can be prone to um like say I I use this because it actually works. The one thing I think Kindred the Embrace, that series they made, mm-hmm. did right. The Bruja primogen in that show is called Eddie Fury. Mm-hmm. I love the name because I love the play on words for his surname, right? Right. But the beautiful thing about it is when he liked someone, was really into someone, he was really over the edge with it. It was hard to tell if he was pissed or turned on. 
and you didn't know which, and it might have been both. You just don't know. It's unpredictable as fuck. Right. And a lot of that was his personality, but then, but it easily tethered to the fact that that actor clearly pulled on one fact. I am incredibly emotional, and it's barely in check, and that's what it is. And why I bring that up, because that's this whole clam book, even the guy who's writing it as he's going through it, Maybe he fed on someone with the right amount of sedative. I don't know what the deal is, but it was very, it's cool the way he did it. Because when you got to talk about these, the passions you're even talking about, right? You folks, you can't see Nate, but he's keyed up. He's like in full on Messiah mode. He's got the hand <laughs> gestures going. He's talking about ideals. He's got that all going on. And it's like, tell it on a mountain time. This is what he's passionate about. But if Nate were embraced, he probably would have thrown some shit at me at this point. Not intentional. <laughs> would have broke the desk, cracked the screen, and just forced the personality it. There would have been some burning buildings out of our complex. Right. Well, it was my turn to talk. Right. Right. <laughs> you know? I mean, that that's that's the key. And, and when I talk about, like, it is a clan of individuals, it's a clan that, at its heart, most people believe, well, they're all just rabble. Right? And they are. Because it's a thousand voices and all voices are equal. Right. Right. But how do you make order out of that? How do you make a clan out of that? The truth of the matter is you really, you don't, you, you try, right? You have some personalities that are a bit more vibrant than others and hopefully a bit more seasoned and a bit louder than the others. So I feel like I help you. Mm-hmm. This is clearly something you could spend forever. On. <laughs> so, I mean, like that's what I'm doing. Right. So if we get from, this is how the second city was and we yeah. don't know. And that's gone. We're now in uh, what, what the infamous story. We'll bring everybody to the point of anarchy when the anarch revolt started happening. Right. How did the Bruja see how that started? That's a good question. Um, to, to, from, from what I read and from what I remember of, of the clan's perspective, it was a great deal of oppression. Those that have that oppressing those that do not. Um, whether it's Sire to Chilled or Ventru to Bruja or Tordor to Malkavian, whatever. It, from my understanding, right. it's about the oppression of those who maybe unnecessarily or unjustly have their position based solely on their age and their treachery. And those saying, I deserve a shot too. I right. deserve the opportunity. I am not just a piece of property. Exactly. And that's because why we're talking about Dark Ages. Right. 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 Exactly. This is where the Ventru. Uh, not just the venture. The, there was like a medieval war for princedoms. Everybody's trying to take their own on their own place. A lot of folks like to decry this and say, "Isn't everybody always trying to do that?" Back in the in the long night, um, to a degree, I would say everybody wanted to be prince or not be prince. Uh, but the fact is, is that the venture made a huge land grab. Like if you think back to the venture clan book we reviewed, uh, and they really started dominating the countryside with seeding influence and learning that money was a factor, learning how to control mortals. And they're building these cities and these organizations where normally the Bruja were just a part of it. They lived with the mortals and among the mortals, uh, but they very rarely ever revealed what they were because they made their cause, whatever the mortal cause was they were with. But then if the venture are already lording over all those areas and already have a set of rules stepped up, when do the Bruja get to have an equal share of the pie? Right. Seeing as they came with the blood, the Ventru, though, are ruling the Dements already. And so that's where a nine times out of ten, the Ventru-Bruja conflict started. It, it wasn't necessarily that they, they wanted to oppose one another as much as that's just how it ended up. Right. And that's what's interesting. And in the Dark Ages, of course, inevitably, we had those uh, those plots of people like Watt Tyler starting his revolt. Then you had, of course, Patricia of Bolingbroke, who we know as just Tyler. 
Right. Right. And that love affair. And that kickstarts the whole thing that brings Clan Bruja to the fore. And that's all in the book and is written in a linear, well-spoken fashion of traditional could have been what happened. Right. Might have been exactly what happened. Here's what we're going with. You decide. Right. Here's some stories about this clan. Here's some things that I've heard. This is the traditional series of tales about these individuals. And, you know, they talk about all those personalities. Those personalities kind of formulate the history, the oral history of this clan. But then, it, like I said, it gets into uh, talk about, like, what's going on in the world of darkness right now as of the release of this book. And it talks about the, the anarch free states. And what what we see is inevitably there is sort of this freedom, right? This sort of, you know, I use this word a lot, but sort of nebulous idea of the free states, right? And we're all kind of like, hey, nobody's in charge, right? And what happens is personalities start to take control of things. And then suddenly we're in this kind of like, Camarilla-esque society and what's going to happen? You're going to have structure and then you're going to have those that go, this structure is forbidding or oppressive or it just doesn't leave room for me, right? There's nothing left at the table for me. And then what happens? It crumbles. And that's, to me, that's what the the clan really is about. It There's never a solid architecture to this clan because we see it in here. The moment you have a solid architecture, you have those that are oppressed that feel that it's it shouldn't exist. If you don't mind, I'm going to give you mm-hmm. give an example. We I don't want to glaze over it because it's one of the most top, talked about topics for Clan Bruja. Right. Carthage and mm-hmm. what it was. Everybody calls it a bloodthirsty time of crazed development and insanity. Right? Like they're just blood gods everywhere and what have you. What it is is that Clan Bruja did have a structure. They did right. put a flag down to have it. And they were with the mortals at the time to do it. Carthage was accepted of what they were bringing about because they were enamored by a group of people who made themselves something out of seemingly nothing. And they had a structure of how they wanted to be ruled and how that went. And in Carthage, they just obeyed the mortal law that was there. Right. Which if you read about Hannibal, let's just say it was, it was a way to live, right? He built a great empire from it, but also they could walk freely in Carthage among the people because there, it seemed that there was an empirical rule, meaning that, vampires were just untouchable right is how it was they were like blood gods any vampire was like a blood god and if all vampires are blood gods i guess we're all equal and what was unique to is that it drew people right without con- without contest asamites were there right but so were others that came up with those asamites and with that influx right what was the point of carthage though why would we have that what's the culture what culture would be there and when you look at it bruja believed in two mindsets right they believed in the mind right. at this point, and they believed in the body. Perfection of both meant that you were doing the right thing. And so they were trying to foster, like turnstile, this mortal concept that they were getting into something powerful. And again, this comes from previous classical Greek mentality. This is sort of like uh, what a Lycurgus reforms brought, uh, brought about through Sparta. A lot of this is kind of drained into where they're at in Carthage, and these warriors are coming about. But they're also philosophers. The philosopher kings were real. They are real, and here they are. Mm-hmm. And these iconoclasts that come in gravitate to these guys as mentors because they could take that energy, that will to be something, and to make the world something that is yours. And these elders didn't tell them they couldn't. They didn't tell them you won't. They right. said, there's a way to do it if you're willing to work for it. 
and this is what you got to do. And they were like, I'll be the best of it. And they had that going on. Strangely, that's their perspective. But then why does it go south? What nobody wants to talk about, Bali. (laughs) Nobody wants to talk about that. They don't want to bring that into the fore. Right. But the fact is is that you have Bruja living amongst the mortals and with them in a a very copacetic, uh, symbiotic relationship that's fine in guidance. Then you have another clan that's in there. Now, they don't straight up go and get detailed with that because that book's coming. Trust me, Clan Bali opens up a lot of doors when you get to that clan book. But this right here, oh, and Clan Asimite too in a, in, a, in a level will as well. But the point is, why were the Asimites in Carthage? They were hunting something. Right. Why were they welcomed in Carthage? They are disciplined, mind and body warriors just like the Bruja that are around. Mm-hmm. Of course their ideals matched. You know who didn't like it? Everybody fucking else who was in Rome. Right. That's who didn't like it. They were a threat. Were they? Really? Well, no. But you had two great empires who mortal-wise were vying for control of the known world. And someone had to lose. And it ends up being Carthage. And that's how it went. Now, a lot of people like to think that uh, the vampires dictated that war. Like the vampires met in a football field and decided to have one last game to decide a victor. That's not how it went. Because like anything, the mortals dictated what was going on. The mortals fueled that war and started it 100%. And the fallout was what the fallout was. And vampires merely took advantage of where that war went to see where it is. But inevitably, Clan Bruja gets screwed. But how do you take those strong ideas? We're talking about, you're mentioning this clan that no matter where the conflict was, mm-hmm. they were there. But then in one point, a flash in a pan, a lightning strike, they decided we're going to try to become what all these other clans are. And they're doing well. And it was so strong of an idea that it should have worked. They were devoured and pulled apart by multiple clans. Right. So why would you ever form again in that way? And that ends being the point, right? There's a lot of idealists who are like, yeah, we'll do that. And we'll get to the, what that means to be an idealist uh, right. later. Because I think I really like your perspectives on them. So uh, that's, that's one point. But the iconoclasts, they're the ones who hear these stories, right? Generals talk, gets down to the soldiers. And those soldiers live on those stories to try to be something and make it one of their own in a way. Right. But the iconoclasts, like you said, are of the time they were embraced. Right. So if we're, if we're a rebellious period... Man, fuck my elders. I'm going to march to my own tune. Mm-hmm. So on and so forth. But that's just one tale showing what you were talking about. That yeah, it's not only that they didn't try. It was the fact that how could they? You had too many people pulling in different directions. And they're allowed to do it. And that's an example of when they tried and it failed. And now forevermore, that just seems to be their lot. Right. And what, what it shows in here, it shows um, some information about being a Bruja. Or what being a Bruja means or unlife among the Bruja. Because remember... There's no, this makes you a Bruja. You were embraced by a Bruja and you uh, know that. So that, that's what makes you a Bruja, right? (laughs) But uh, this, this comes from the notebooks of Horace Kaplan, right? So we know who wrote this and it talks about idealism and iconoclasm. And a lot of it is when we talk about the iconoclastic mentality, most of those embraced in the modern day, where do we come from? Right, we come from a society of iconoclastic beliefs, revolutions, changes. Every four years, we're we're trying to elect a new president. Look at the world that we live in, especially the world of the '90s, right? And yep. before that, the world of the the 20th century, the world of the early 21st century. This doesn't even have the the rapid fire perspective of now. 
now we live in a totally different world. You and I, the people listening to this, we live in a, a digital age. We live in a world of instant gratification, you know, uh, memes, uh, famous overnight. There's no more 15 minutes. It's 15 seconds of fame. You know what right. I mean? So this isn't even the perspective of our world today. This is the perspective of a world entering into that age where now there is a freedom of information. We were born in a world. I don't know real oppression, right? I personally don't know it because I've had the ability to vote. I've lived in this kind of free society, but there are people all over the world who have a different perspective on that. And there are people who've grown up in this world and seen just the injustices that we have here and are unwilling to accept those, you know, a democratic sort of mentality. And so those people with, with drastically different views than your elders, right? than those of your idealist, those who go, you know, perhaps a democracy isn't the best way because look at, you know, this is how through the ages we've seen it. But this is all, again, from the perspective of this author who is a member of Clan Bruja, and this is how he sees it. And he goes, take it for what it's worth. Is it true? Is it not? Who knows? Because again, as, as, apt to change as we are as individuals as apt to change as we are demographically so is this clan so when you go overseas and you're in london the bruja in london are not going to be the bruja of wichita kansas right right they're not going to be the bruja of spokane washington they're not going to be the same but this seems to be a general idea of what most of us fit into it it seems to be that uh, the Bruja is very much a social clan, right? That they, that's what they are. But like, un, unlike every other clan, like Tordor, well, they're social adventurers. Nah, right. No, we mean social as in the sense of, um, what you're a Bruja, great. Where are you right. from? I'm literally asking what type of Bruja you are. Right, exactly. Because it's not from where you're from; it's where you're at. Right, right. So if I'm gonna go visit somewhere, and I let's say I go from Chicago, and I'm gonna go over to uh, Miami. And there's Bruja there, and let's hope it's not Sabat controlled. And I get, and I get there, and it's like, all right, cool, but we're a, we're we have a different thing right. we got going on. And it's funny because the Bruja are very much the fo- engine behind the Anarch movement, right? And they're the engine because is that not the same for the Anarchs? Yeah, you know, yeah. Your absolutely. ideals are gonna change based on where you're at and right. what your so so called movement is. Right. So we know for those of you that have listened to our podcast before. We talked about the idealist, the iconoclast, and the individualist. We talked about that in the old one. We talked about the rants. We talked about the raves. And this, to me, this isn't providing us with a wealth of new information, right? But what this is doing is it's telling that tale in a new way and giving us a little bit more information about the personalities. And really, for me, this is just about driving home what this clan is is and what this clan isn't and why to me in a lot of ways this is the perfect clan because you can be whoever you want and you can make it work within this clan right because no one can tell you you're right or you're wrong that's just the simple fact of the matter you are an outgoing personality bob and i see you're a man who you're not i'm sorry i'm 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 running off the rails here but you're you're a man who's not satisfied with what you have, right? You're looking forward, but you just don't know how to get past that hump of life. But you know, whatever you have going on is is not 
It's not fulfilling you. Well, when I meet you at the bus stop and <laughs> I tell you that, and then I, I climb in your window at night and I hand you the knife and you slit your own wrists and I welcome you to the Bruja clan the next day, you know why. And it's in this book. It's told in the story right, right at the beginning. Literally, that beginning literally, story. literally, this is the, this is the clan and why I think that I, I've always suggested to new people. You don't know what clan you want to be? Clan Bruja. And you want to know the intricacies? We've already talked about them. Yep. We have rants, right? What's a rant? <laughs> it's when everybody gets together and they, whoever shouts the loudest has the floor, uh, a essentially. Rant, a rant is a podcast with like 200 mics. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then when we're done, you know, sometimes we need to rave. Right. And then there's some distinctions here that are a little bit more intricate. We don't need to detail all of them because, hey, you should read this clan book and you should learn some of the stuff and how this clan actually, actually applaud your self-control. You literally went to go get into that. As right, right. No, absolutely. <laughs> there is something for you here to read. This is a very, it's a very detailed clan book for how detailed this clan can be, right? And I think that those of you who look at the Bruja and you go, Dude, they're just like punk rockers and rappers and gangbangers. What do I care? Sure. Yeah, that's what they are, but they can be more than that. And it's uh, it's the classic answer to what we hear a lot of, right? It's, it's hey, man, I want to play your game. What do you think I should be? Well, if I were your <laughs> sire right now, nobody. <laughs> right. I don't want you. I don't want someone coming up to me and giving options. What I want is that person who stands up and says, this is who I am. Right. Clan Bruja is that clan that tells me, you called me Bruja. I didn't call me Bruja. Right. To me, I'm Bob the Vampire, and I'm trying to make my way. Right. To, so so uh, I'm going to save it for nerd words, but I also have an opinion about that that you just said. You want to hear that opinion, you should listen to our other podcast. Word. So um, anyways, uh, additionally, there's a bunch of cool disciplines in here. Um, some of them were already available in a previous book. Some of them are updated for the modern era. And some of this, uh, I just want to briefly mention about the relevance of this particular clan book in a modern game. My personal belief is this. If you're playing a D20, uh, D20, a V20 game, because <laughs> I was going to call the Bruja fighters. That was, that was, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for defining that. <laughs> so if you're a D and D fan and you're like, ah, I don't want to play another fighter. Cause I always play the fighter. Ah, the fighter is like such a malleable character concept, right? There's so many things you can do with it. Shield and armor. Right. Maybe he's a fighter. I mean, what do you call a vampire who you're not quite sure what clan they could be, but you know, they, they have to be social, right? Cause they're vampires starts with a letter B. <laughs> That's what I have to say about that relevance. This book is relevant in the social aspects of what this clan is, right? However, the meta plot information is going to be conflicting, but that's up to you as a storyteller to kind of decipher for yourself, right? So we're going to encounter this a lot in the revised books. What he refers by meta plot, they tell you of True Barat. It's there in the beginning to tell you what they might be, what not be, the nightmare creatures. They're like the Nick Taku to the Nosferatu. Right. To, to the Bruja as a whole, because right. they don't... Well, and, and also, uh, I, I also mean a little bit more than that. I mean, with with the regards to the Anarchs, right? Bruja are pretty much the f main driving force be behind the Anarch movement. And there's going to be differences between, like, Anarchs Unbound, which yep. is a V20 book, and what you find in here, because a lot of the changes are affected by the Gehenna 
revised plot. And V20 kind of just goes and goes right around it. So this book and a lot of these clan books are great for the more detailed information that it's going to provide you as a player or a storyteller. But plot wise, there's going to be some differences. And the clan books are relevant because culture. Like right. take the time in consideration when you're reading it, but really it, they're written to be timeless. Right. It's understand the culture of you the clan it. and the rankings of the clan and stop looking for how this attaches to the end of Kane or whatever the hell you're right. right. Meta plot you're going to go with. My, my opinion on the meta plot is very simple. It's a great thing to have out there, but I'm not trying to dig up the mystery 20 years later. Correct. It's, it's, it depends on your game. There's no right or wrong answer. And it's not necessary to find that answer to play this game, to play these clans, to understand this world, right? That's, that's my opinion. That having been said, Bruja clan book, I definitely advise buying it, but that's because I'm a Bruja nerd, right? It's my favorite clan. (laughs) Get out there and get it. I think more so than any other clan, and I probably already said this in the other Bruja clan book, but more so than any other clan, I think this clan can be whatever you want it to be. Uh, there is never, I, I feel like in a game, no story to, should ever go, ah, there's too many Bruja. Really? Are there? Are, are there really? <laughs> <laughs> right. So that having been said, thank you for listening to the podcast. Next week is Clan Book Malkavian. We already gave you a warning last week that that was coming up. We're going to find out. I'm going to find out what bob's opinion is about this clan book if there was ever a distinctive difference between two podcasts it's clan malkavian the first and now the revised they're completely different oh they are they are so totally different books um so for those of you that were unhappy with our review of the original malkavian clan book hopefully this will be a redemptive podcast hopefully I don't know. Hopefully this is a redemptive book. Spoiler alert, I know. Um, (laughs) Other than that, thank you guys for listening. Uh, I am Nathan. And I am Bob. Revolution Action!